Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three. Two, one. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Building, the Gamekeeper Studio. Here we are. We're back in here for one more. One more. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's just Una Moss. Yeah. One more. Is this the last one? Well, till somebody probably comes down the hall and says, hey, what are you guys doing down yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's so, kind of, kind of it's, it's become a regular thing, though. So they, Yeah, they hadn't gotten rid of us yet. Yeah, no, I good. don't think anybody's listening to Yeah, that would be our problem. Oh, me. So today is going to be part two with uh, George Mayfield. Hey, man, perfect time of year. You know, I, know, I don't know what you, you probably need to go ahead and get Melissa some flowers, you know, and go ahead. I, I would just advise all your hardcore turkey hunters out there to go and get your brownie points lined up because it's coming around the corner. Yeah, get the mm-hmm. yard work done. Get the, you know what? I just found out, too, you probably need to send my wife some flowers. Is that Ooh. right? Yeah, you do. Now, why do I need to send your wife some flowers? She has booked a family spring bake break trip <laughs> yeah. on none other than youth season, youth weekend of Alabama. Oh, so she saved at least She a just life saved you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, at least the that, only time at least I get one to, getting educated. Yeah, me and Hayden get to stomp and romp unsupervised on Bobby's lease. You know. And and it's been so you might want to send not, her a shout out. It's yeah. not my lease. But now look, let's let's talk about this for a second. How okay. how come that you don't have a little more you know, influence in this to be able to sway the dates. I'm a lot wiser than I look, Bob. <laughs> There's no way you can be wiser than you look. <laughs> no, I have a very understanding wife. Uh, I actually got lucky and um, drew uh, I should say fortunate. My kids tell me there's no such thing as luck. You're fortunate. So, yeah. anyways, I was fortunate enough to actually uh, draw a couple public hunts that I'm really pumped up about. So, in between youth season, which opens here a week from today. Yeah. Nice. And uh, the draw hunts, it was a pretty tight window. So I really need to give, you know, give a shout out to my wonderful wife, Shannon, for actually picking the most appropriate time with all we had going on to get us out to do a little family uh, spring break adventure, break for the kids. Well, that probably would have been the dates I would have chosen as well, because youth season might be just a touch early. Just a touch early. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have one in the bag by then. Anyways. Mm-hmm. I hear the you. I'm getting off. excited. It's not I'm that far pumped. away. I'm not going. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I've, you know, I'll be scouting soon. Like, as soon as this rain gets out of here. Mm-hmm. I scouted all weekend. Did you? Yeah. Did you see any sign? 
Saw some sun. Yeah. Did you listen or did did you you scout? Uh, I walked. Oh, so you didn't go at daybreak? No. Uh, What what kind of sign did you see? Oh, maybe a little scratchy scratch. Was this on, is this public land or is this your place? Uh, I've been scouting public. Oh, okay. my, I wonder my, why he was all shady about it. You know, my place, a little scratchy scratch. My, <laughs> my family land is. I mean, it's, it's you don't really. Have, you don't have to scout it. It's uh, loaded with turkeys, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Maybe. Did you put in for the draw hunt, Studley? You know, I, I never. I didn't. Wah, I just. Wah, I got busy, wah. and uh, the areas that I'm focused on mm-hmm. don't have a draw. Oh, okay. Uh, so. Okay, I know where you're hunting in. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard to guess. It's within 50 or 60 miles of where I live, yeah. you know, over 100,000 acres of public land. So I know, Bobby, I know you're ready to hit the public land hard. Yeah, well, I, I'll, yeah, we're, I'll drive by it and yeah. I'll honk the horn when I go by. Yeah. Maybe that'll, Maybe make, that'll one make one gobble for somebody. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't do well with crowds. Yeah. Understand. I mean, I get upset when somebody water skis past me and I'm trying to fish out on the river. You'd be out there in a in a, and a, don't, a boat paddle battle. <laughs> and, and then there's somebody on a jet ski. Uh, I mean, it just makes it it just makes me crazy. I hadn't run into many jet skiers turkey hunting. No, I'm talking about like if you're out on the waterway trying to fish. Yeah. And I'm just saying public. You yeah. know, you're out there in the public. Yeah, the, the, the pub- commons. The public can make me crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can aggravate me. So anyway, but there's a lot going around, on around here this Ooh, week. We got hear that. Uh, prior to this rain, we had a lot of folks trying to burn. Yeah, mm, I think they got a thing. couple good days in. Up here was just too saturated. You know, and then, golly, this whole duck banding project, it just doesn't look like it's going to work out this spring. Well, I mean, these long-term kind of things, you know, uh, was it, it, the arc wasn't made in a day, you know, so... No. No, but, you know, we were just so excited. Was, we thought we'd have February. It was perfect, you know, like the week before it all went down. And then, so, y'all know where we live? It might get cold again. Yeah, it might get cold well, again. That's true. But the I only think, thing you can bet is it's going to change. Yeah, that's you know, right. So. so we built these fabulous traps, and Mississippi State was all ready, and then we had the ice storm, and then the, then it's gotten warm, and we we think we've lost the ducks. Yeah, I think we had a swing. I don't know if it was quite seven days, but I think it was nine degrees here, and then within seven to ten days, it was 81. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a – I mean, we got flood warnings. Oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy. crazy. And speaking of flood, I've got a question that's kind of relating to the rain. Uh, I'll uh-huh. ask y'all. And look, I'm, I'm trying to help y'all. I keep asking y'all these questions. And then I went to a multiple choice. Now, I, I knew grizzly bear was the right answer. And so this is going to be an A and a B. Y'all have a 50% chance on this one. Okay? Oh, we appreciate yeah. the help. Okay. We so, need all that we can get. So if you're having a, you know, a, a major rain system and it's, and it's raining mm-hmm. and you look out the window. Mm-hmm. And you see birds in the rain. Very common. What does, according to the old Indian and wives' tales, the old trappers used to tell, what should you be able to discern about the weather from that? That it's raining because you're watching birds in the rain. Uh, I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that. I mean, it's it's, it's you know a little it's, deeper it, than yeah, that. it's a little deeper than that. So so it's so it's A or B. So let me tell you. Oh yeah, B. Okay, so if you see birds out in the major rain. According to the old trappers' tales, is it going to a? Is it going to rain all day, or b? Is it going to stop Ooh. if they're out in the rain? 
Dudley, you take whatever one you take. I'm going to take the other one. Now we know we get it right this time. Is this only in the spring or any time of the year? In general. Because there are some variables. That I'm going to say, all right. I think it's going to stop. Because there's another saying that says the early bird gets the worm. So they're out there in the rain looking for food, trying to beat their buddies before the rain stops. Laney? Well, hell, I already said it. It makes a lot of sense <laughs> in what he said. <laughs> but I still I got to go with whichever one he didn't. Lanny got it right. <laughs> it over here. So that, that means the birds have said, well, it's going to rain all day. We might as well get out in it and feed. Wow. I saw, I noticed with the, the sleet and the snow that the birds immediately came out then. And I don't know why. And I know you're a birder. You know, all of us are. All of us have enough, probably. I think it was about burning energy and staying warm at the on yeah, that's what you that day. And but I that, have noticed, if you watch that little what we just talked about, if you watch that, it'll yeah. hold true. What I've noticed in the really dry times here is when I'll turn a sprinkler on or something in my yard. Of course, I live in neotropical bird haven, so I mean they come to it like it's amazing to see them get out in it when it's really dry. But hmm. so, uh, Mike, you want to do your commercial real quick? I can do it. So the time is here. We have a new website. Oh my goodness. Mossyoakgamekeeper.com. It's exciting for everybody. I'm sure. Got to get in on this. Especially Laney and Jason Keller. They've been working pretty hard on this. Uh, The cool thing about the website to me is. One, you can listen to the podcast on it. It's got a direct link to all our stores, Biologic, Native Nurseries, The Butchery, and Gamekeeper Fillware. You can also check your membership to see if you're up to date on uh, the Gamekeeper magazine. You can learn all about hunting, food plots, and conservation. Uh, You can also watch our videos on there. And we do have a shop. Wow. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Buy some. Cap. Especially. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. All right. Hey, very exciting. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful website. Well, thank you. Y'all did a great job. Well, it, we had it to only took how many years that it that we've been working on this? Oh, uh, we hadn't. We've only been in development this one about six months. So. Okay. Now the old one was like something that you always worked on all the time and never made any progress. On. Yeah, it had band aids all it over. Was it was bad. Yeah. It was real bad. That was before the Shopify days. No, this this is content sites. Ah, uh, gotcha. You know, I tell you what, you know, that's all over we my had, head. Yeah. Well, we think this internet's going to hang around for a while. I don't know. I don't, you know, I hate to drop all this knowledge on you, but we think this internet thing's going to be around yeah. for a minute. So well, we want to go ahead and step up our game. Speaking of the website, uh, we just finished the spring issue, so it's going to be – it's being printed right now. All right. T- today they're, they're printing it. So today. it'll be in the mail shortly. I noticed Dudley uh, using his mad proofing skills last uh, – Dudley is a mad proofer. He's a mad proofer. Yeah. He's really good. D- Dudley, if I didn't thank you, I think I'm thanking you now. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we if we had horns, we'd blow. If we had horn. horns or a sound guy that was actually working yeah. today, it would be great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We, we need to get one of those. Bu- get one of the uh, kennel buzzers. Yeah, Jason may be texting yeah, over there. I'm Jason. not sure. What yeah, I, know I, what I don't doing. always know what the correct I mean, answer is, but I can usually tell that it's not right. That's how my editing skills work. Ah. And then I kind of Google, you know, the all the rules of grammar and stuff, but that's usually how it works. Well, 
I know I couldn't do it. So I'm I not appreciate a, you. I'm not a it. grammatical expert. I'm just good at finding stuff that I think is wrong and then reading about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good at that. Right. I think that's how we do a lot of stuff around yeah, here. You're exactly right. We're very critical of, of one another. That's for sure. Well, I know we've got at least two or three people around here that can read and write. So it's good to have y'all on the on the publishing end of things. Speaking of reading and writing, Mike, why don't you go get uh, George, and we'll get started with part two. All right. We're going to keep on talking about goblin and vocalizations. We're going into hunting strategy a little bit, or today I thought we would talk about we would uh, we would talk about how he sets up. Ah, it was really interesting, you know, listening to his. I love. Um, oh hell, I can't think of the name of him. I know I'm like an idiot when y'all look at me. Oh, uh, not analogy. Acronym. Acronym. Back, back in the house. Somebody, hey, our sound guy woke up too. This is great. I love his acronyms, you know, because. He had more than one? Uh, yeah, well, acronym for Goblin Turkey on how he basically assessed the huntability or what his next move was with the yeah. turkey. You know? yeah. what, was it? what was it? It was the first rate, one was rate. Rate. And then. Uh, uh, direction. Yeah. Then, uh, hold up. Rate, direction, quality was one of them, but I think that was the last one. It was. It was, uh, right, rate, direction, and what is it, Matt? S. Sensitivity. Boom. Yeah. So, sensitivity. Yeah. Look at Matt. He probably made notes. I think Matt really enjoyed this podcast. I did. I took notes. It was interesting. You know, Mac, Mac, Mac. Is a, Mac is a dedicated deaf and one-ear turkey hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it a little harder. Yes, I, sure. I can't imagine. So the direction part of the frequency. Yeah, Mac was over there writing it under the bill of his hat when he was giving out that acronym so he can remember. But I, I tell you what, I hadn't ran into many people more passionate about it than Mac. That's for sure. All right, so why don't we uh, let's yeah, bring in George and we'll turkey. get started. Talking turkey round two. Yeah, here we go. So we still got George Mayfield in here with us. One of the things that I wanted to ask, and y'all obviously will go down some rabbit holes here, but wanted to talk to him about how he sets up on the turkey. And as he's approaching the turkey, what is he looking for? Is he looking for the high ground or the low ground? What What's going through his mind? So... Mr. Mayfield, if you don't mind. I, I normally I'm praying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's a broad <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, Lord, please, please. please. Yeah, that's right. Don't let don't let this turkey get away. Uh, I need this one bad. Uh no, seriously, Bobby, uh, you know, it's hard to say for sure I mean, that I've ever done anything the same way twice. But Maybe I have. And in trying to describe some of this stuff on paper, I found that making an analogy was the best approach. And when you're moving in on a turkey that's on the limb, you're not going to shoot him off the limb. And so you're going to shoot him on the ground, okay? And the turkey wants to be Heard and seen, two very important, you know, desires of his. To be seen, he needs to be in an open or prominent area. And to be heard, 
serves about the same function. The same place will serve the same function. So uh, if you know the land well enough, then you kind of know where he's going to gravitate to or what kind of habitat he's seeking. If you don't, then you may have more problems in that regard. But I visualize the place he's seeking to be a stage. Okay? He's going to assume the stage. Mm-hmm. And whatever I see up ahead or actually have seen behind me, a lot of times you know what's behind you, but you don't know what's ahead of you. And if I see something behind me that looks better, I'll back up. I'm not afraid to retreat. And <clears throat> the idea, there's two concepts in, in the proper setup. And I, 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 if you let me, I'll, I'll go back to the king. Mm-hmm. That's one of the few times the king was my mentor. 90% of what he taught me is just like what we're doing right now. We're talking. He didn't share his off days much. <laughs> he only took me a few times to the woods. But when I was struggling with setup, he took me. And he showed me. He didn't let me kill the turkey. <laughs> 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 he showed me how to sit to a turkey. And he told me, he said, oh, he said, you might call him up, but if you don't sit right to him, you ain't going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Okay? And sim- simplicity, sometimes hard to understand. But that's, it's really that simple. You've got to sit where you can kill him. Now, we were talking the other day about the stage, Bobby, just briefly, and, and you just have to guess. Right. Okay, but you want to make an educated guess. And you give, if there's a little prominence out there, it depends on what you're hunting. But if there's a road or an open area or something, you give it to the turkey. You you don't take the stage. You give the stage to the turkey. You allow him to assume the stage. You're not trying to call him up to you. You're trying to call him up to the stage. That's where he wants to go anyway. You, you understand? In other words, I'm, I'm he picking will, up exactly If you don't say a word, down. the turkey will, if he happened to be coming your way, and if you don't call to him at all, he'll probably go out there and get in the same kind of spot and gobble. Do his thing. Right. And if you know the land, it really helps because there is some consistency a hundred percent by the, what you're saying in, there in that's where the wooden okay so in. i mean it makes a big difference to know which you know the history of a place but i prefer to hunt places i've never been before that's neat you know you, yeah i you love kind of fumble one. around well you really feel good when yeah. you get one like yeah. that but, <laughs> uh <clears throat> you give the turkey the stage but most people if they make a mistake early on it's that they want to go they're attracted to that spot, too, and they go sit right in the middle of the stage. Well, when a turkey's coming to the stage, most of the time they don't walk straight in. just depends on the habitat now. If it's timbered, they're going to put an angle on it so they can see down. You know how you're walking through timber and you can see down through it as you, like a picket fence? Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing to the stage. And if you're sitting there, wherever you're calling from, they're going to walk put an angle on it and they're going to spot you. And there's some of them can tell what, you know, what kind of camo you got on. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they don't have to get in gun range. I mean, some of them, now, young turkeys are different. They're, they're, this isn't 100%. Nothing is in their young. But you give them a stage and you set in the wings behind the curtain, so to speak. You pick your spot. I like to put the sun in my back or where it's going to be. I like to, you know, I, I like to hide. Not cover myself up, you know, but on occasion, you know, but I like to, to have the, the visual advantage and, and position myself within gun range. And here's the other side of this thing in gun range, not to the middle of the stage, but to the far side of the stage. And that's important. You, and now there's, if you don't really have, you know, what if you don't have that obvious mm-hmm. prominence or opening or bench or whatever you call it, you know? What do you do then? Well, there's a lot of times you don't. And what you do is you put something between you and the turkey. Now, there's, there's what I, it's what I call corners. There's vertical corners and there's horizontal corners. Okay, a vertical corner would be a brush pile, a treetop in the swamp, be a deadfall out there. The turkey's gobbling in wide open swamp. He's gobbling out there, and you can see 200 yards down through there. I think I see what you're getting you at. You see here. what I'm getting at? Yeah. Now, if you sit back 75 yards from that treetop, you're going to get to see him. But he's not going to be in range when he, when he comes Maybe around. With that TSS now you can try him, but <laughs> I don't advise it. If when you you put something between you and the turkey to force him to come around, well, he, he's going to put the angle on you. And if he's real smart, he'll put a hundred yard angle on you. And and you know he starts that you got to move. Don't wait. You got to move. You got to keep that uh, that object between you and him. A hen would do that sometimes. She'd be up in the middle of the top scratching around. You know, I've done that many times. It's scary. Get up in the middle of a wide open swamp and start walking, you know. But if he's going that way and he's not close enough to pop around the corner of that that brush top, I get up and I move. I catch roots and try not to, you know, Mm -hmm. and and do what I got to do to get where I need to be. But sooner or later, he's going. if he's coming, he's going to, Pop around the corner of that that barrier. Sure. And the other one, the horizontal ones are like ridges, and and that's a tricky one. You can get you can get the old head pop on you and mess your day up. You know, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you're not ready. Yeah. You know, but you don't set up eighty yards below the ridge. You get up there where you can. Now, and this is there's a little twist to this too. Uh, but you set up where when he raises that head, that you can kill him. Now, <clears throat> seldom if the turkey's gobbling straight across that ridge top from me, I don't go right there and expect him to pop up right there. A two year old might do it, my old turkey ain't gonna do it. Mm-hmm. If there's any inclination, in that ridge, if it's going up that way or this way, he's going to get the high ground on you every time. He's going to come up on the high side. 
That's the military advantage. To what look, he's supposed yeah, to do. That's what he's supposed to do. He live by his eyes, and that's what he's going to do. And I love to shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> 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 you come up at Reed looking, poking it. Looking the wrong bobbing way. That head. He's looking down in the hollow down there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, I feel like I've just, I'm a turkey hunter when I do that. Mm-hmm. But don't ever give him the high ground. I, I don't. Sense. If I can, I don't ever, you know, avoid it. And, you know, and like where we're hunting down there, there's, there's not a lot of change in the topography. No. But just a little subtle change can make the difference. I mean, and that can be one of those prominent areas you're talking about where he wants to be already. That staging area, yeah, mm-hmm. like he's talking about. Makes a lot the analogy of letting him take the center stage. I mean, because I've never heard it put that way. We use that tactic all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. We think he's going to go right here. We're going to get to the side of that. And it, you know, it's also, if you're in the middle of the stage calling and – he comes around to see if you're there, if you know, to see if the hen is there, and he doesn't see the hen, then he's really probably not going to come in. So, so you were exactly when he when a bird hangs up out there, that's he's probably hanging up on a stage that he in likes. A stage scenario, you know, hang ups. I I've got varying opinions about hang ups. I have a feeling. Where I'm concerned, that most of the hang-ups that I've experienced have been self-induced. Birds that I've hung up over the years have hung up because of me. And I, I liken it to my inappropriate calling. Hmm. You know, when, it, when we talk about calling a turkey... Uh, there's uh, obviously there, there's, there's no one way. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's you, you can't stereotype or cookbook how you kill turkeys. I mean, that's just that's antithesis. But uh, call into it when you call to a turkey, you stimulate him. If he's accepted you as a hen, and your call stimulates him, and he may gobble, he may strut. He may drum and strut, but most of the time you call, you slow him down. He don't speed up. He just stops to gobble or strut or whatever. And there is a a, a distance, some magical distance around you and the turkey. And, the, and when these hens and gobblers are coming together, that he's just going to get out there and, and – I. I guess he's not going to open the door for the lady. He's all right. You come here, mm-hmm. and if you call at that point and you give your exact position away, you're going to lock up. And so, what my point is is, be real careful when you make that last call. In other words, don't if he's within seventy, eighty yards. And, and is already locked up, then you might have to do something. But if he's coming, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hard to do. That's so hard to do. That's right. <laughs> I mean, but, you, you know, Bobby, you got to think about it like this. What silence is actually what calls a turkey up. A gobbler comes to the silence more likely than comes to the the call itself 
Now, I know there's exceptions to it. I've called them, you know, I've cut at them all the way to the gun blast, okay? And that's fun, boy. <laughs> like see on TV, they yeah, look in the right. turkey and yeah. he's jumping around out there. More than likely, he's a two year old. And uh, <laughs> they don't show the hooks on that one, uh, you know. But uh, the, 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 the turkey, I don't know. It, it's that's a look. Let me just pause you for, okay. for a second. That. That those words silence is what gets the turkey killed, or silence is what caused the turkey. That's that's deep. That's but a lot when, of but when you think about that, that's exactly yeah. right. Well, you're trying to reverse the natural order of things. Like he's saying, that turkey's going to go to a staging area and strut and gobble, and the hens are supposed to come to him. Yeah. Now you 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 change the game. He's got to come to you. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, he he earlier when we were talking, we were mentioning about how many times you'd heard a turkey hang up and gobble and gobble and gobble, and then he gets quiet, and you sit there for another hour, and then after an hour, you finally get up and tiptoe to where he was, mm-hmm. and he's called you. You can't up. hardly help it. Yeah, no, I can't help it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, now if there's another turkey gobbling over there, you might go that way, but if you want to everything go else is mm-hmm. is equal. And that turkey, you've had that turkey gobbling for a while. You're going to ease up there and take a look mm-hmm. and see at least where he was gobbling from so that next time you might know where to get or, or and all. And, and in reality, he just called you up with silence. Yeah. He shut up on you and, and you and he had on a gun and you have a problem. You did. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And particularly old turkeys are, are very, uh, very good at doing this. I mean, they will they will get up there and they and you know and they will gobble and you know you'll you'll call to them and and, and it's a process. You stimulate the turkey with calling, you get him gobbling. And what I do, and like I was telling y'all before, I have I'm kind of systematic. I approach a turkey, say he's on the ground and he's gobbling, and. I'll call at him, and I love to cut. You know that. You've heard me cut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you heard me. I got a story about that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> get him going. If he likes my cutting, I love I'm going to cut at him. I'm right? going to cut him. Yeah, you know, we, we get to hammer each other, and, and then I'll start backing off. And I'll hush, and he'll go. He'll go, and I'm looking for the direction. He's gobbling at me. Well, that's right. That's what I want. Ow! Mm-hmm. He's gobbling Ow! at me. I make him gobble two or three times, and then I'll hit something, you know, and Ow! he'll gobble. Here we go again. He gets all fired up again. And uh, I make him gobble six, seven times before I say anything. And that next time I might throw it back behind me, and I reduce my volume, and, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm showing disinterest. I'm weaning him. And then eventually, I go quiet. And I really go quiet. Put them up. I put it, I, yeah, I go quiet. And that's hard to do, but I will do it. And uh, I sometimes crow hits 30 minutes later, and he goes to the same dang place. Yeah. You know, well, okay. Here's, a, here's another l- little thing I do. You need to be ready because when he gobbles on his own the next time and he's in the same place, 
you want to cut him instantly. In other words, when he gobbles, you want to to act like that hen, and you just stimulated the heck out of him. Mm -hmm. You cut his call like you would want him to cut yours. Mm -hmm. Okay? Start it all over again if you have to. Go through the same scenario. If you can't move, you know, a lot of times you can't move without messing up everything or taking a chance on it. Mm. Or sometimes you're just lazy like me. I just ain't going to move. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you know, Dad, come on to you here. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you're on a property line. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you can't move. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was talking about with Bobby that morning. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're on a property line. You can't, can't move. move. <laughs> ain't no other place to go. <laughs> but anyway, so you just start it all over again. And... In that process, it's all about the hushing. Mm-hmm. And and sooner or later, if nothing intervenes in that process, nothing, other hen comes along or a gobbler comes along, whatever, truck comes along. Uh, I've had crop dusters fly over and mess it up. You know, I mean, seriously, I've, you know, things happen. Pink elephants parachute out of the mm-hmm. sky. But uh, if nothing comes along and mess it up, he's, he might show up. You got yeah. a good chance. And uh that's that's the way you move a turkey with silence, is you just hush. And uh and you gotta be able to stick with it through the whole process. I mean it you can start it again, but if, if you call at any point in time after you've hushed and you're just cold calling, trying to make him gobble. You just messed up. Mm-hmm. And that bird, you better be ready because that bird's going to come in. He's going to be slick as he's coming in. If he got, if he, he got a little experience with him, and usually turkeys like that do. He doesn't have to be a six-year-old, but, I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't, they don't run up there gobbling their brains out. They slip mm-hmm. in. They use the topography and and... Get you know that eyeball I'm on talking about the one that <laughs> yeah. that I that I missed that morning in the middle of the road. You know, I mean, he called me flat butted. I was sitting wrong and couldn't get around on him. It was in a brand new clear cut, mm-hmm. and he he came up on me, and I I had, I didn't know Bobby's over. There. I wouldn't have been calling like that. I I, <laughs> I, was, I was showing out. I, I got to feeling bad. And I said, man, he heard all that. I can't call, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I did call old turkey across the road, yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, I would never do that in front of nobody. They <laughs> 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 thought I lost my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was slithering like a snake trying to get up there to him. <laughs> yeah, he sounded good, though. Hey, uh, we, we've killed some turkeys together like that. Oh, Bobby and I have. Yeah. You call them or crawl them. I mean, you know, yeah. if you want to kill a turkey, I don't have any. It's harder to crawl turkeys than it is to call turkeys, in my opinion. Now, yeah. somebody told me that you typically don't sit down when you. Well, go I, I won't if I can't see. I mean, why would you sit down and can't see? So if it's thick, you may just lean up against the when, tree. When they're on up in the morning, like when we were talking about that demand goblin mm-hmm. and stuff, and you're listening for the drum and all, you better stand up, or you'll it'll be another one of them stories. Right. And he was right there. I couldn't get a clear shot and all this stuff. I'm like, well, really? How close was he? You didn't kill him? 
Mm-hmm. You should have been stood what up. Normal, <laughs> you know, you. I mean, I've, people, I've, I've always been interested in people's turkey hunting personalities. You know, like Mr. Fox, he never puts his gun on his knee, and you don't have uh, to do that. My dad. Uh, I was committing a cardinal sin if I didn't have my gun on my knee. Well, my gun never leaves my knee. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> um, I so I, I just it's, it on my knee. It's just interesting how everybody's got a different way of And I'm well, scared to death of them. I'm scared to move if I can well, see them, I'm scared to death of them. He will lock up on you. I've seen well, <laughs> that's what my next statement was gonna be. Don't be afraid of the little turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just a little turkey. He ain't gonna hurt you. Right. And, and. But Kai, you, you don't want can, to spook them. <laughs> you can, well, a turkey will always react the way you react. If you flinch, he's going to flinch. If you, if he gets a drop on you, now there's a few exceptions I've had in 45 years, but not many. If you see him and he's already looking at you, and you better be able to see his feet too. Okay, or he will beat you. Okay, but don't move until he moves. And when he starts to move, you start to move, and you move as slowly as he's moved, and you just and he what he's going if he's moving, he's going to stop because he's going to see you move and raise that head. That's your chance. That is the Mr. Fox method. If you method. do not kill him then, you might have to body slam him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? And with that TSS, you can do that now. But I wouldn't recommend it. And that's not the appropriate way to kill one, but they're just as dead. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but it's – don't be afraid of moving on the little turkey. He's, I mean, it's – just don't flinch. And when you're guiding, I mean, I don't know, seldom if ever have I ever had one of my hunters pointed in the right direction. Right, <laughs> I, right. I don't know how that happened. How can you be 100% wrong? But I usually, You're not the only one, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Really. You know, and then he always comes up. I'm sitting there with a walking stick, and he walks up on my side every time. You know? <laughs> like, Get over it. Yeah, yeah. Really? really? <laughs> you know, one of the things is we've encountered you in the woods through the years, you have always worn bottom land. Mm-hmm. And your bottom land looks like it has just – it, it, it toted a few it, out. I'd it's, say it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's you've got a wax jacket that looks like you've had so many turkeys' heads flopping against it. That uh, I mean, you know, you, I retired that jacket. Did you really? I had to. I mean, it was honestly, it was falling apart at the seams. My I mama, never will forget I had, when I saw it. My, my mother had patched that jacket so many times she was patching the patches. <laughs> but had, had bottom line had to change the way you hunt through the years because it is so effective. It well. That's, you had a, to that's cheer an interesting it, topic. It, now, you had to I, cheer look, when it came I, out. I've never made a nickel off bottom land and never will, but I've always worn it. And and I had some some of a uh, tree bar because it came out a little earlier, yeah. if I remember. Sure did. And I thought that might work, and I, I didn't ever feel hidden in it. And I'll tell you what the, the, the best part, you know, camouflage – came along at a good time for me, uh, Bottomland did. Because we called it, among the 
the, the rookie turkey hunters back long before bottom land. I mean, yeah, before bottom land and before crumbly stuff too. We called it getting green. And, you know, we had a bunch of old World War II stuff and, and Army fatigues and stuff like that. And I just never felt like that little deer does when she's laying there and you're walking by and she's just laying there and, and she's looking at you and you're walking and you see her, but you don't stop and stare at her. You know, you keep walking. She feels hidden. And she's laying out in the wide open out in the hardwoods. And, but she feels hidden. And I never had any clothes until Bottomland that I felt like that little deer, that I was hidden. That's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. And it's the way camouflage is effective, more effective than, than it itself because of the way it makes you feel. You okay. were 100% yeah. correct yeah. there. And I think it even changes, you know, the aura you put out in the woods. Well, <laughs> I, I swear. I, it does not, because it, it does. You're not on edge. If you're confident, you're going to. It affects you. And and I have never worn anything but. I've tried some of the other patterns. And I remember Toxie came over to the roost one time. And we were doing some outdoor rider deal and had a bunch of big shots in and and I don't know how it came about. We're all sitting in the living room in there, and they were playing the guitar and everything. And I don't, I don't know. He said, I want to see your closet. Nah, not many men have ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm obliging, and hey, come on. And we walked back to my room in the lodge, and I opened the door. And he looked from one end to the other, and it was about every pattern that Mossy Oak had ever made. Mm, right. Now, I didn't feel like I was going to get an inspection on that hunt. But uh, but the inspector showed up. But he <laughs> showed up, and he, and he approved. And, and uh, But seriously, that, you know, yeah, it, it's the real deal. I still wear it. Yeah, I, I, I wish I, to wear it, too. Lanny and I talk about all the time, the first time we ran into you, and just how cool your clothes look. Yeah. <laughs> But I've always said that I love to get some bottom land that's been broken in, and when you when it gets muddy and then it dries a time or two, I feel like an old water moccasin just laying it. Called up. That's what yeah. he said. He's always that's the way. You, that's the key to being be, being a, a good predator. Yeah, that's right. You no, know, that's what we are. We're predators, and uh, if you don't feel like one, you're not one. And you got to have a, a level of confidence about you, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, then that brings up another thing. You know, I've been asked a lot over the years. Right? You got all these knuckleheads and la la and friends and stuff, and they, they get to kill these turkeys. And you know, how do you kill all them turkeys with these people and stuff like that? And uh, like I told you before, I ain't got no secrets. So I don't do anything you know, different than most people. My timing might be a little different. I might, you know, have a little more experience. But in in the in the long run, it's uh it's about attitude. Mm-hmm. And the king told me that his attitude was real simple. He said, Oh he said, one of us is gonna mess up this morning. Either me or the little turkey. And it ain't going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he got me off my heels hunting turkeys and got me on the balls of my feet. He got me aggressive enough to get up there on turkeys and not be afraid of them. So what? He ain't going to leave. You're the one going to leave. You're going to get in the truck and drive off. The little turkey might fly, but he's coming back. He ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I mean, they're not leaving. You're going to leave. So, and he's not going to shut up because he can't help it. He's got a gobble because he's a gobble, you know? So just when you have enough interaction with birds and you press the envelope enough, you know when to stop. And uh, when you learn where that fine line is, Sort of like the law, you know, when you learn mm-hmm. where the fine line is, a good lawyer will tell you, you run right down the line there and, you know, That's right. save some money on taxes or something. I don't know. But, I mean, I've heard lawyers mention that fine line, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. So, look, so through the years, you admittedly, you have managed a lot of properties for wildlife. Are there things, if a guy's got 40 acres or he's got 400 acres, that he specifically can do to enhance it for turkeys that you, in your opinion? I mean, it's really not that complex based on, on the habitat you got. I mean, you've got to adapt your practices to, to what you got. You know, the I was, I forget where I heard it, but I, I think uh, I was reading something about Mr. Fox and and darn if he didn't steal my line. <laughs> but it was something about, you know, making always leave a place better than you found it or That's something right. like that. Right. Well, I've been saying that a long time, too. And uh, you might not have four thousand acres on the swamp, you know, but if what you got, you can leave it better than you found it. Yeah, that's hundred percent. And uh, and I truly believe that. And I have always tried to do that. Uh, OGK. What I would advise people to do this day and time, uh, it seems to be out of vogue in some places. Some companies don't do it as much as they used to, warehouser and all. But uh, I love love a drip torch. Oh, yeah. It's that time of year, too. I I know. I mean, you know, I I don't know if – I know nobody can see this, but – yeah, I don't know if you can see her. There she is. Oh yeah. You know, I mean that's that's what Toxie was complaining about. He couldn't get a burn permit for Clay County this morning. He was in a tizzy. Well, it's time. <laughs> it's time. And yeah. and uh, you know, there's a good fire and a bad fire and, and and fire this time of the year in the right places is, is the best thing you can do. No question. Uh you know, I believe in that. And uh I mentioned to you when I was coming over here. Uh, here's a. Uh, I just compiled this data the other day uh, on a farm in Missouri, and I, I'm not doing the trapping up there myself, but we're having it done by a really good trapper. Uh, raccoon, hundred, and this is twenty, uh, twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. Raccoon, 137, possums, 82, coyotes, 36, bobcat, 14, gray fox, 2, beaver, 5, skunks, 10, otters, 13, house dogs, none. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, okay. So, uh, save the pole. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's so I believe in that. And, uh, I mean, of course, 
you know, if you've ever read any of George Hurst stuff, uh, he'll tell you that 90% of the gobbler mortality in the spring is due to hunting pressure and, you know, hunters. And, but that's not the, the case where hens and, and, and nesting hens, you know, it's not the case with them. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you can protect them, during that period and you're you're doing you're doing not just the turkeys a favor you're doing a lot of wildlife a favor no doubt releasing i mean it you know there's limiting factors apply to every population is predators and parasites and pathogens and of course habitat and all that but but those primary factors the the limiting factors the predators there's something you can do about that Mm -hmm. and if you can't do it yourself you need to work with people that can because I think it would improve your, I don't know what they call it these days, uh, your, your reproduction, or there's a word for it, but I, I can't think of it. But anyway, your replacement. Mm-hmm. Recruit. 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 That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. There you go, Bobby. Oh, big word. <laughs> you got the right word. <laughs> but, but that's it, and uh, that's what you want to do. And, of course, anything that you can do to uh, play into the, to the natural spring green up from a hunting standpoint, now that's a little one-sided, okay, um, because you're just that's sort of like pouring out corn. I mean, you're just trying to help yourself, you know. You need to look at your, your food uh, availability in a year-round basis, but I, a lot of places that I am asked to take a look at, do the windshield cruise on, what can I do to make this better and all that, they really don't want to pay you nothing. They just want you to tell them what they need to do. You know? Right. <laughs> not, that, not that I'm for hire anyway, but but uh, there's so much ground that they have that's in dead grass, hmm. you know, sides of the road. All, I mean, just acres and acres. I mean, they don't consider it. They're more worried about the food plots. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, food plots, you know, that's y'all's deal. Y'all know mm-hmm. what to do there. But I would suggest that if you have this neutral ground, that's what we used to call it down in New Orleans, the neutral ground, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, in between the highways, you know. Sure. That's where we play. Uh, but... Uh, Take that ground and get it established in something that will uh, be productive. And the clovers, the variety of clovers and all that stuff that's out there these days, that their timing, you know, is, is not just one clover, but a a mix or a, a several varieties of clover that will peak out at different times of the year. I don't think you could do anything better for the, a piece of ground mm. than that. Yeah, we agree with that for sure. Yeah, clover, clover. So, Lanny, you look like you had a question. You well, I did have a little bit of a question. Did, did you? You did. You didn't forget it. Did no, you? I didn't forget this one actually. <laughs> now, it's, it's, it, I'm liable to forget it before I say it. Okay, but I do remember it at the time. I just, uh, you know, there's been a lot of conversation, you know, a lot of conversation with turkey hunters over the year, and I, I'm sure you you were turkey hunting when you couldn't use decoys. So I was just going to ask, you know. Your opinion on the use of decoys? I hate them, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. 
Because every time I put one out, I got to go back and get it. <laughs> He's with me. I'm with George on this one. Now, I really, I don't. It's not that I hate them. I, I mean, I think, you know, some of the ones they have out there, uh, I was using one up in Wisconsin not too long ago, a couple of years ago, and I bought, I forget the variety it was, but I, you know, I stuck it out there and I was going to try it out. Those turkeys are dumb anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful hen. I'm talking about, and it was, you know, kind of late in the day, and I was dozing off, and I kind of woke up, and I saw that decoy, and I flinched big time. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's how good oh, that thing was. <laughs> I thought it was a turkey standing yeah. there. That's how dumb I was. But uh, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no, I, I know what you I, mean. But, uh, you know, I don't have any. If you want to hunt with a decoy, have at it. I don't care. I mean, I, you, you think know, they I, help or hurt? They can do both. Yeah, I, I mean, see, I'm fifty-fifty on. Yeah, I don't know that. I know y'all weren't probably wasn't even born then, but <laughs> when I back in the in the seventies, uh, I started toting a wing. Uh huh. I towed a wing, and uh. I don't know anybody's toting a wing back then. No, probably not. And my objective was not to let it get too stinky. <laughs> get a I fresh like, one. I like to have a fresh one. <laughs> 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 but I would carry the the left wing of a gobbler. And that's because when you spread it out, I'm right handed. Oh, okay. When you spread it out in your, in your right hand, it, it fits perfectly to do the fly down. Makes and you sense. can you can take that wing and you can hit your hand pop, and you pop, can pop. sound like you're coming down through the limbs and you can do the splash down in the leaves. And Ezel mentioned the hat one time, the king. He mentioned using the hat one time, and I tried it and I felt dumb. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, fighting fire ants or something, you know. And I just, I, nah, I ain't doing that again. And uh, I just, I tried. I cut one off one day and tried it, and I said, dang, boy, that sounds. It sounds that really sounded good. really good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never, I tell this little short story. I took my little daughter turkey hunting one morning, Kelly, and she was sitting right there and had the head net on and all that. And we were on Uncle Richard's place out in Pleasant Ridge, and turkey was gobbling, and I'd roosted the turkey, and and she was sitting there all excited, and and uh, I didn't really tell her what I was about to do, but I did the fly down. Yeah. And she jumped up, screamed, and grabbed me around the neck. She thought the turkey didn't matter. <laughs> she's grown woman with three kids now. If you mention that, she'll have to admit she just it. Up on I mean, it scared the heck out of her. <laughs> but uh, the wing has been a part of uh, my approach for a very long time. And and I don't know whether I ought to admit this or not. So has the fan. Mm-hmm. But – you know, I had a special, you had that old ragged coat that you saw me with? Right. I'll never forget it. Well, I still got it, and I hung it up in my room in there, and it's hanging there with that original hat and all that. But there was a special little pocket that my mother sewed on the inside of it, and that's where I told her to fan. Gotcha. Okay. Now, the reason I was a little uh, uh, concerned about making it uh, – Known that I toted a fan was because decoys weren't kosher back in those days, and I no. wouldn't wasn't too sure that it would be as accepted 
uh, as it may have been, but uh, I always put a good loud spit with it every time I showed it so that I could say I was calling too. Ah, there you go. That, that fine line. Yeah. You were talking about. I know all about the lines. But, but, but honestly, and I'm serious, the fan is, I mean, it didn't make any sense that if a wing worked, the fan wouldn't. Uh, I hunt a lot down and around. I have a, a section in the middle of Tallahassee Wildlife Management Area, 640 acres surrounded by Tallahassee. And I love it. And I mean, these turkeys are educated. That's what I love. I mean, they are smart, and I love to hunt them. And I bet there's some people on your line there. Got oh, a well, <laughs> the, the beautiful aspect of this is that I'm surrounded by <clears throat> the area they consider to be uh, only for nesting habitat. Mm-hmm. Now, and so it's permit only. Oh, good for the first two weeks of the season. We know somebody that's going there. And I can tell office. them, I, I've heard 20-plus birds down there before hmm. in the middle of a wildlife management area. And I'm talking about year before last. They're there. Now, they get quiet. It's amazing. You listen in, in February, and, and they're they're gobbling good and all. And two days after season open, it's like a, a church. It's quiet. <laughs> 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 and, and they know what the deal is. You better be glad there's only three or four people listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't care, man. Come on. I, you know, that, that'd be, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, what I was, I was telling Matt a while ago before we came in here, you know, what it's all about to me. And, uh, you know, it goes way, way back. Uh, I'm only child. And, you know, my father – Passed away in 2003, and I took him fishing one afternoon and was trying to thank him for everything, you know, pretty imminent. And he stopped me. I mean, he, he's a different, a lot different than me. And he stopped me in mid sentence and said, Boy, you don't owe me nothing. Just, just when you can, pass it on. Hmm. That's what I'm about now. And that's cool. Yeah, Wise that, words. That, that really is. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's the mantra of the gamekeeper, right there. That's right. Wow. Well, this been everyone's like my favorite podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know there are more questions. Uh, I, I just know there are. And uh, Dudley, I, I don't want to not give you a chance to. Sometimes we, we get into things and you don't get to ask as many. But do you have a question for Mr. George? Um, well, I've, I've been thinking about this one a while. Um, and most people always gravitate to, okay, just say you've never been to a piece of public ground, big area. Um, you're given a map the day before. Um, and this may be kind of an easy question, but uh, – what kind of terrain feature are you going to go to first? Water. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I thought you were going to say. Early in the season. Sure. Water. Okay. So you're going to follow creeks and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. When, they, when they're still in what I would call before transition, before while they're still flocked up, go mm-hmm. to the creeks, go to your branches. What Especially about, at the confluence of branches. What about okay. late season? Mid-season, when transition, 
occurs, then they're going to, there's going to be some of them stay in the swamp, but most of the hens are going to go to the hills, mm-hmm. higher ground. And it also depends on how much rainfall you've had that year, too. Uh, on years, this is it goes back to the king. He always had ground that was river bottom. By the way, he told me, keep my butt off that river. It was his. <laughs> and, uh, Tom Bigby River. And uh, <laughs> had a little possessive. Uh, but he always had places in the hills. And on, on rainy years, the hills seemed to be, uh, they green up a little quicker and do a little bit better. And, and it's all about the your stuff. It's all about what grows out the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, it it's all about what's available to eat. And uh, and that's where you're going to find the hens. And that's where the hens will be. And and so and on wet year, on wet years, the, the hills will be good. On dry years, the hills are going to be behind. And then the swamps will be good. Mm-hmm. You see? So it depends. You know, you got to play. So what kind of year we got? You know, some years it'll be pretty much the same. You won't be able to tell a whole lot of difference. We got an old biologist buddy that'll tell us, Bobby, they down there in the, in the swamps eating the snails so That's they'll right. have some calcium. Invertebrates. Uh, <laughs> I've seen them eat crawfish. Have wow. you, ever seen, you ever seen a gobbler stick his head underwater? I hadn't. I hadn't, not either. Wade in water up to where his tail feathers were, was underwater? And catching crawfish? I swear, I saw. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> three, three of them. Three of them. You know, I kind of like crawfish. Well, you know, <laughs> a crawfish. If you most textbooks, crawfish is in the insect textbook. Well, it's a, it's not an insect. It's an arthropod. It's a crustacean. So look, let me ask you this. We have talked about old turkeys, and I think you have mm. a that's that's kind of where your mind goes to when you when you think about a bird you want to hunt. Love hate relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh what is it about these I mean it's obvious what it is with an old turkey that you enjoy the challenge. But is that old turkey is he the first one to gobble in the morning? Sometimes. Is 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 that how you can Some, identify that's not, that's not the only way. Sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, he don't gobble at all. You know, a real old turkey, what some in the literature, and when I started writing on that little book, I made a promise to myself. I'm going to read every dadgum thing that's ever been written about the turkey. Well, I bit off more than I could chew there. I mean, I, but I I bought a bunch of the old stuff, you know, McElhaney's, all that stuff. I mean, Davis. You go back. I mean, I got them all. <clears throat> and uh, the old, r- real old turkeys, uh, old, the old books and the old literature referred to the old turkeys as hermits. And I, there's a difference between the old turkey and hermit. And the hermits are, I mean, that's, if you just want to really uh, commit uh, turkey hunting suicide, find one of those and hunt him. You you and you he'll drive you crazy, but because he doesn't go. And they're the the thing that they they do have an Achilles heel though. There's one thing about a hermit, and the few that I've killed over the years, there's one thing that's consistent. 
among them. And uh, want me to tell you about it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're dusting spots. <laughs> you, you want to know? Well, uh, a hermit, let me back up and just say that he's really old. I mean, people don't think turkeys get as old as I know they do. But, I mean, it's not uncommon for a hermit to be eight, ten years old. Wow. And I know this to be true now. I tell it for the truth. I swear by it. But the the hermit turkey's range shrinks tremendously. And the best way to ever know you got a hermit, about, about the only way you'll ever know is tracks. He won't gobble much. Now, he will gobble. But he won't gobble a lot. And you won't be able to keep up with him other than tracks. But once you find his track, and he does gobble, it won't be any other turkeys gobbling right in there. It won't be a goblin gaggle down in there. And it won't be the best place on on your land. It'll be it won't be the best habitat. It'll be able to support him and an occasional hen. And Lord help the gobbler that comes through there and messes with that occasional hen. He gonna put it on. Him. He will fight. All right. That's the Achilles' <laughs> heel. Yeah. And that goes back to the gobble that we didn't talk about before. That's the crack gobble. Uh oh. No. If you ever hear it, you won't ever forget it. Sort of like the drum. Mm-hmm. It's just like somebody popping a whip. You, I mean, it's the dangest thing. First time I heard it, I didn't know what the heck it was. I don't guess I've ever heard it. <laughs> well, you can. I've heard you make it. Give us an example. Oh, what? A, a crack gobble. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't do it. Heck, it's it's harsher and you know, it's got more uh, tenor and it's it's like a whip cracking. I mean, it, it's it it's quick. It make the hair stand up on on back of your neck. I mean, it is. It's all about confrontation. They get the spurs out. That's what it comes to. Well, you know, the bad thing about hermits and spurs is if you're lucky if he's got one. And broke off. Mm -hmm. But he's still going to fight. I've had, I've got a couple good ones. (laughs) 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 One, I wore one around my neck on a gold chain until it about. Rot it off. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of that one. Uh, you know, that's a little, I wouldn't do that now for nothing. But, I mean, that was me back then. Uh, but the first experience I ever had with a hermit, and if you want to piss off a bunch of folks in a hunting club, go kill that turkey. That's all you got to do. You will get kicked out of that club and any club that you try to get into in a 50 mile radius if you build. The old turkey. Yeah. <laughs> they, they won't even let you uh, audition for it. <laughs> You're out. Your reputation will precede you, you know? Now, and going, it will be exaggerated, but it will precede you. Now, going back to that crack gobble, yep. that's that's a gobble that you're going to hear more than likely if you if you happen to be in that area where that turkey is and another turkey shows up. You, you're not going to make that happen. only right? time, that's right, Bobby, the only time I've ever heard it is when I have been working another turkey in that general vicinity of where the old hermit is known to be and about to kill him 
got him cranked up. And he, I, the first one, I had that turkey right there on the break of this beautiful hardwood, hill hardwood scenario. And there was a big old, I'll never forget it, there was a storm went through there. And there was a big old pine top down and covered in honeysuckle. And I went in there and that turkey was gobbling off in the bottom. And I got around there and I sat down on a big stone. And, and and all he had to do was just pop up right there. And I had called him across, and he was coming right up that ridge. And be, or go back a little earlier, I had heard one turkey gobble one time back to the right. And uh, and he, he had gobbled, first turkey to gobble, and never gobbled again. And uh, so I did not, you know, this turkey was gobbling. I sat to him and had him coming up. And I heard wings behind me. And I'm sitting here with a gun on my knee, <laughs> ready to kill this turkey. I heard wings. And the turkey flew across that. He didn't run across that bottom. He flew across that bottom and landed right behind me and came around from my right. In a, he was blown up. His head was sucked up. And when he landed, he crack gobbled. Hmm. And I didn't know what it was. I heard the wings and all, and I, I it did not. It was so unusual that I didn't put the wings and the gobble together. Hmm. Okay? I don't know what it was. But I was locked in on this turkey up front. This turkey hushed. He never said another word. He knew he who knew. Was. He yeah. shut. He knew what the hell oh, was. Yeah. I told he, you not to come over here. Right here. Here comes this dude. I mean, he didn't check up. He walked right in front of my gun barrel, and I blasted him. And that was the last year I got to hunt in that club. <laughs> <laughs> the curse. The curse. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But that's that was the first experience with the crack gobble. The crack. And there was a turkey out in uh, on the other side of Aliceville. We called him Old Hickory. Now, I don't know if you know Don Ship that well. And remember Larry Shockey? Oh, yeah. All them boys. All them boys. Well, they were guiding for me at the time. And the way you keep good guides is you you pay them, and then you let them kill your turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, you I mean, let them now, everybody turkeys. can pay them. Yeah. Not very many people let them kill their turkeys, too. So I would, and they they hung with me a long time, you yeah. Know? And uh, and we were, we were good friends, and and hadn't seen them boys in a long time. But uh, I had something for them. I had old Hickory. <laughs> <laughs> Go get him. Yeah. How about it? All right, boys, yeah. <laughs> y'all take turns yeah. tag teaming. They ain't never killed him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And a, a guy next, and I didn't kill him either. And a guy. A young boy that had never killed 20 turkeys in his life killed him. Hmm. And I, when I, 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 I told him I, I heard about it, and uh, I quizzed him how it went down. Yeah. It was exactly the same way that I killed my first one. Crack gobble. I was working another turkey. I heard this funny-sounding gobble, he said, and he come up there and he killed him. It's funny you said that he flew in there. You know, he didn't come running. You know. Uh, he took wing. Uh, Gonna get up in there. <laughs> now, an, another one I killed, uh, only weighed 13 pounds. 
Uh oh. Here, Here we go. We go. <laughs> there he is, the old mossy. He, he opened the door, didn't mm-hmm. he? That's true. Hey, I've got a story like that. Hey, you know, those are the ones you remember. Those are the ones that, that stick with you for a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, the ones that, that, that touch you. And, and there's a, there's a, I've, I've known some. So there's some out there where we, we hunt. There, I, I know how old that turkey was because my buddy shot him down when he was a four year old and, <laughs> and I cleaned him when he was a nine year old and he had those copper plated fours on the left side of his leg. Wow. And I know that. How old he was. That was one of the best hunts I've ever been on in my life. And he still beat me that day. He beat me. I just got lucky and had an opening down through there to shoot. That was a heck of a turkey. And I loved to hunt him. He would gobble. He gobbled more than most. But his, <clears throat> I, I called up his, he was, it was three of them when it started. And, uh, called all three of them up the first time. And, uh, Kill one. Next year, I called the two up and killed one, and it was just him. And then he was a four-year-old, and my buddy Tracy came in there, and I yelped him up, and Tracy shot him down. And when he did that, he moved to the property line on the pools over there. And he stayed over there forever until one day. About five years later. (laughs) (laughs) That's patience. True true story now. I could recognize his gobble, too. He had a unique gobble. I can't tell you exactly why it was so unique, but it was just the tenor of it. It was a high-pitched gobble. You know, we were talking about gobbles earlier, and you got to understand, now, these turkeys you're listening to early in the season – the resonance cavity in these in these gobblers is is going to change because the the breast sponge that they carry from the winter will deplete, and they will have a, a different tone. It'll become more hollow because the, the breast cavity is is more hollow. Don't mm-hmm. get confused on being a different turkey. It's just it the the uh, the, the whole the. It just sounds like a woodpecker later on. Be the same turkey, it just sounds a little different. Because mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. physiology has changed yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's hollow up here. Old gobble box, isn't it what you used to call mm-hmm. him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Y'all getting excited? Yeah. I'm tired up. I'm going to leave here. Go I'm gone. This <laughs> <laughs> has been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny uh, how much earlier I've been waking up lately. It's like that that natural process is starting to kick in. Oh, I'm bit. tore up. I, yeah, I walk outside every morning. You know, I live out there on the waterway, and I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, Thank and goodness. especially these last few days where it's been it's nice. so mild. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. coming through the ice. High contrast. Huh? Yeah. So, George, you know, in the whole uh, scheme of things, you know, we, there's no doubt that everybody in this office around this table here love the wild turkey. Um, in your your opinion, you know, what do we need to keep in mind as gamekeepers and as hunters, you know, in the in the future uh, to try to, you know, ensure like, honestly, my biggest concern is, you know, thank goodness my my oldest child has been introduced to turkey hunting. But, you know, I, I think the main thing is we don't want ever want the wild turkey story to be like the the quail story in the South. So what do you think about that? You know, uh, I just. I think that we've got some really good genetics. I think 
you know, their their adaptation to what's happened here in the last 20 years in our habitat, I think, is, is a good example of it. Uh, I do think we can kill kill them down to the nubbins <laughs> if we we don't change our ways. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to become satisfied with uh, killing fewer turkeys and be okay with that and teach the next generations that. Uh, and if we don't, if we're going to have to kill 8 or 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 turkeys a year, then we might not have turkeys one day in a lot, a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would be a shame. I think the, the less turkeys we have, the less likely we are to have people interested in maintaining turkeys. Sure. And that, that's, a, that's an issue. I think the way to possibly help with this is for us to adapt and, and some of the, I hate to say this, but uh, deer hunting's kind of ahead of us on that. Deer hunting is, uh, I, I, you know, I have a thing about deer hunters. I are one, but I don't even like myself. <laughs> but, but, you know, they pick and choose. Right. They hunt specific deer. Right. They hunt, you know, for a deer. They get a relationship with a deer or two. Mm -hmm. And I think when we start doing that or try to do that, and I think some of this might help if people start thinking about uh, the, the differences instead of trying to stereotype them, Throw them all in, all turkeys, you know, they gobble. Let's go to the, you know. Right. Just like some of the issues that we talked about today, I think when you realize and start accepting the fact that they're individuals and they can get old and and you're doing a good job controlling everything else and control yourself, and you can go out there and you can pick out that old turkey and spend more time, kill your turkey, go out there and kill your turkey. But after you do that, then go hunt your old turkey and let them do what they're going to do. Right. Because I think we're all getting there. The, the habitat's going to change, and the, 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 the recruitment is going to – some years ain't going to be worth a shit. Yes, I right. mean, right. and so – and if you go out there and you whack them hard and you get two years of bad recruitment, it's going to be quiet some spring. It happened here. I mean, oh, you yeah, know. It's happened everywhere I've ever hunted. Yeah. 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 So look, uh, Mr. George, we have enjoyed having you. Absolutely, it's awesome. Been my pleasure, guys. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it has been. Well, and- I've been. You know, I, I wanted to come and sit with you people because you know turkey hunters feed off each other. They do. And and I can't do. I can't get that on the phone. Sure. I just can't get it. No, we appreciate you being here. Yeah, and we, we you know, well, I want to say uh, we appreciate you wearing Mossy Oak for all these years. Absolutely. That, that means a lot. Well, I... You, you know, could have worn anything you wanted. It's the best. It, it's, I've been given a lot of stuff. Still in the plastic. I mean, you know, over the years. I mean, I, I, I'm not, like I said, I don't I have no reason to say it other than that's the way I feel about it. You know, I mean, why change now? I was the same way before I worked here. I put it on the first time, and... 
I swear my confidence level and my success went through the roof. You've never had a confidence level issue. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is one God. thing. I think I'm going to kill every yeah, turkey yeah, I hear. Every one of every them. Every one of them. Now, I don't. <laughs> but right at that time, I'm like, I got him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a heck of a lot better than feeling like you're not going to yeah, kill them. <laughs> and Bobby's like, no, you don't. You <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, this has been fantastic. Absolutely. We really have enjoyed it. And it, let's get you back on in the future i'm available you know uh, i would help y'all just like tell my wife i said bobby call me and, and you know he needs me to do something for him i'll do it well I, we, we appreciate well, it we, we really appreciate do it. absolutely we really do dudley uh, uh this this has been a lot of fun hasn't it it sure has yeah, i it see sure you sitting has. there smiling yeah well Mike, look, before we go mr george the most inquisitive person in the room is Mac. Is there a question that you have? Only one, Mac. <laughs> one <laughs> question. Make it good. <laughs> From the studio. So now I got your number, Mr. George. Can I call you when I got some questions? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You call me anytime. <laughs> That's my you, one you question. Know, yeah. You know my youngest son, don't you? Yes, sir. Alex, he's a good guy. Great guy. Well, you, you, we'll be together a lot this, this spring and – Hopefully, and he doesn't have to work all the time. And uh, but you can call me anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. That's a good question. <laughs> That's Mike. a great question, man. You get a gold star on that one. <laughs> all right. Well, look, this has been a lot of fun. We'll yeah, do a, we'll we'll, do uh, we'll let him leave, and then we'll do an Ask Dudley later. But uh, but we, we, we certainly appreciate you being here. So we'll take we a sure. Thank you, Mr. George. Right. Hey, thank y'all. Yes, sir. You know that was fun for me too. We'll see you later, Mr. George. Thank you for coming again. Yeah, George, we appreciate you being here. Well, he, boy, he's a, he's a interesting guy. He really is. I'd love to spend some time in the woods with him. I know we've had a lot of fire, uh, roadside chats with him over the years, so he's intriguing yeah. for sure. Yeah, he sure is. Dudley, I, I can see your wheels turning the whole time. Oh, I'm just trying to memorize the acronyms and, you know, just so much new stuff to think about. Just He looks at things so differently than the average turkey hunter, so – yeah, he does. I think people will enjoy that. And uh, I hope so. Uh, I, I really do. So, and y'all share that with your friend, your turkey hunting buddy. Share this podcast, and and uh, but well, let's let's keep moving on. Uh, Dudley, have you got an ass Dudley prepared? I do. Yeah. Let's. Oh, Mac. What? Max texting again. Look at Mac. Where's he? <laughs> uh, all, right, all right, Mac. All right, Dudley, this is Mike in Pennsylvania. Ooh, we're going to get a Pennsylvania he accent. Ain't. Are you going to try to do it? I don't think I can. Oh, I Mac. I don't know enough people from Pennsylvania. Uh, all right, here we go, Dud. I recently ordered persimmons and mulberry from your organization. I have a question for you. Will all the trees I receive produce fruit? I know they are male and female trees. Wasn't sure if yours were grafted or not. Thank you for your time, Mike. Mike in PA. All right, Mike. Um, persimmon's a hot one, you know. It is. And then, uh, you know, we did, we kind of introduced mulberry. Well, we didn't kind of introduce. We we introduced mulberry to our website uh, a couple of years ago. And that was a hot item after people realized how fast they grow. It is the fastest growing tree I it think really I've ever planted. And how young they are when they, you know, produce fruit. I can stick one in a pot at the nursery and grow it another year and it'll have flowers and fruit on it. 
Well, Literally I was the second year. I got some from you, planted them at the house, was shocked by how fast they grew, and I just knew they were going to have fruit. And then I walked out there, and there weren't any fruit on the trees, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. And uh, Hayden walked up and said, Dad, what were all those black things on that tree? They were sure were good. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> um, that Hayden. But, you. yeah, so uh, both mulberry and persimmon are what are called dioecious. Mm. Um, persimmon is kind of in, in its own category. It's something, something else, dioecious. But, yeah, let's just call it dioecious. Uh, so when you plant seeds or when seeds fall out of a tree and sprout, 50% of the time they're going to be a female that produces fruit, and the other 50% of the time they're going to be a male that does not produce fruit, but they you know, make flowers that produce pollen. Uh, to pollinate the female flowers. And that's mulberries and persimmons. And persimmons. Um, honey locust is the same way. Um, another one that's common is black gum. Yeah. Or also dioecious. Another super underappreciated wildlife tree. Yeah. And so ours from native nurseries are seedlings. They are not grafted. So when you plant them, 50% of the time you're going to end up with a male. 50% of the time you'll end up with a female. Um, the price re- the price and size reflects that. Um, if you were to buy grafted stock, um, you're going to pay at least twice as much, and it's also going to be in a larger size and more costly to ship. Um, my advice is uh, learn how to graft. We've we've got a YouTube video, uh, quite a popular one. Yeah, it's it's got over a couple of million views on how to graft. On how to graft, and it's very easy to do. Uh, people just kind of grew out of it. Um, our, our grandparents and great grandparents all knew how to do that kind of stuff. So, but it is. I mean, it's important to note that grafted fruit versus native fruit. If you don't mind, talk a little bit about the difference in the. As okay. Far yeah. As how we chose, we choose to grow native fruit from seed. Right. Um, so when you buy a Granny Smith apple at the grocery store, it comes from a grafted tree. Um, somebody found an apple tree, you know, one in a million kind of thing that made this pretty green fruit. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where it stops. They're harder to maintain. You've got to spray them. Um, so... They look pretty on the shelf, but a deer doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. Um, so we grow everything from seed. We like the diversity. Um, now, granted, I like to graft stuff. If, if I've got some persimmon trees and, and I put them in a strategic location, I may want all of them to make fruit. But uh, my argument, I don't want to say against grafting, but but my argument for seedlings is is we like the diversity. We like the wide range of drop times. Um, I like the insects. Um, I, I want to see more and more people get away from spraying their fruit trees and their food plots and their fields and things. Um, to me, those insects are just as important as the fruit itself is. 100%. Um, and I would like to challenge more and more people to uh, try to get away from the spraying. Oh. 
What was that? <laughs> Some insects. <laughs> the sound um, guy has woken up. <laughs> so, um, Lord help us. <laughs> my thought, uh, and this is some new thinking here. Uh, if you plant seven or eight or 10 persimmons in your field and half of them make fruit and the other half are males, just leave the males there. Um, I don't know if you've ever been near a persimmon tree, uh, a male that is flowering. It's absolutely covered in bees. There's your sound. There they are. <laughs> um, and that's that's a good thing. I mean, I, I think having a lot of bees and insects on my place is just as good as having a good stand of clover or a tree dropping a bunch of fruit. So uh, it, yeah. that question kind of took a wide swing, but I'm, I'm trying to make a statement here. So, Well, I understand where you come from because, I, I mean, you ha- inherently I want to go plant, you know, uh, some kind. I started wanting to plant grafted fruit, and I had limited success with them because of the disease and the problems that you had with them. And like you said, you had to spray, but you, you know, throw these native fruit trees in the ground, which they are fruit trees. I mean, even the black gum, it produces berries for wildlife. Mm-hmm. They take off. They grow really well, and they support all kind of flora and fauna. So Right. Now, a lot of seedlings uh, are going to be more prone to problems. That's, you know, one reason you graft is, well, this one may be resistant to cedar apple rust. And so we're going to collect this and graft it because it doesn't get cedar apple rust. Um, my argument is a lot of these seedlings can get those types of maladies uh, and be tolerant. Um, so, is there any way to sex your persimmon other than you one just got to wait until they flower? Yeah, and then there's something you can open a cut a seed open. No, that's some kind of yeah. That's a totally different. Oh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> yeah. We'll say that for another day. Oh, Lord. You missed your know-it-all. Yeah, Mike, we kind of went broad on that question, but uh, I think you get the point. Yeah. Thanks for the question. That's good. So Mike's going to get a little package from you for sending in the question. We thank you, Mike. And, uh, Lanny, before we uh, close this thing out, I wanted to say congratulations to Hayden. I saw him with a great big old medal around his Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. So, so he is like Michael Phelps. Like, well, I don't know about that. You know, he's young in his swimming career, but appreciate you saying that. So the, he has learned to swim in the Tom Bigby River? Yeah, you know, we put him in the water early around here. You know, Because mm-hmm. believe it or not, there's so much water around here. It's one of my biggest, you know, I mean, if you have a kid in Mississippi, teach him to swim. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's a lot of water. Yeah, that goes, that goes for anywhere. So, yeah. so, yeah, we'll tell him congratulations. That's awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Yep, He'll be yep. proud. Yeah, he he was originally his plan was to, you know he qualified for state and he swam in state this weekend did really well and his plan was to you know put the swimming on pause for turkey season and so we got done I was like well did you tell your coach that uh, you'd be you know we're gonna put swimming on pause for turkey season and he said I couldn't uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right swimming is usually like at six in the morning before school isn't it well no he's got it in the afternoon okay. but it is such a I mean it's a rigorous it's I mean a it's, oh, it's yeah. pretty a rigorous yeah. thing it is it is, so. it is well good for him that, that's, that's I appreciate really you good. saying something about it we're proud of him well, look, uh, I don't know who we'll have between the turkeys next week, but we'll uh, we'll work on having somebody good. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we invite everybody to come back and we'll listen to We'll probably talk a little bit more turkey, I imagine. It, yeah, we'll, it's just yeah. that time of year. It is. Yep. All right, then. We'll say goodbye, Dudley. Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Cleve. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. 
Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.